The weekend is approaching faster than you swore it would on Monday, and you still haven't figured out how you want to spend it. Or if you're me, your book's solid for the next two months, and you're still looking for an alternative to yet another Cleveland Indians baseball game. It's the same story every seven days. Let's do something fun and different this weekend, you loudly proclaim midway through your second cup of coffee at the office. Okay, fourth cup. But when Friday night rolls around and you haven't had caffeine in eight hours, okay, two minutes, the story changes and the exhaustion of the week sets in. Before you know it, it's Sunday afternoon, and the only thing differently you managed to do that weekend was to roll out of bed at an unusually late hour for your biological clock. You obviously need more coffee. Luckily for you, you're here with me today as I talk about weekend getaways. We'll talk about where to go and how to ditch the bed for the sleeping bag, the coffee for some local wine tasting, or the baseball game for the Baseball Hall of Fame. This weekend, I visited Gatlinburg, Tennessee. This is one of the many weekend getaway hotspots around the country. We'll talk about this as well as other hidden gems and small getaways, and we'll talk about how to experience something new without breaking the bank because I'm banking on the fact that you need a break. My name is Maria Elena, and you are listening to Purple Hood Adventures Podcast. I'm a travel-obsessed entrepreneur working from my home in Ohio to connect travelers from all over the world and to help you make your one days a reality and stop living for the weekend. I seek constant adventure while maintaining an outwardly appearing normal life with a husband, a cat, and a full-time job as a remote speech-language pathologist. I live a real-life accidental comedy show as seen through the eyes of my trusty Mount Zion purple windbreaker as I make my way around the world and live a life of the unordinary but not the extraordinary. some good waterfalls if you can hear that lovely peaceful water coming down those rocks it's kind of nice this week in the adventures of my real life comedy show i give you moments and sound clips from gatlinburg tennessee gravity is not on my side right now oh no gravity's really not on my side right now Oh, we're in Gatlinburg. My dad's fretting over his phone not working. We just got here and we got a free cookie already. Oh, he's going to take a picture. Hold on a second. (laughs) As I continue to live my real-life comedy show as an accidental Kenny from South Park, I just got stung by two bees within the time span of 10 seconds. As spoken through my rather articulate mouth and wondrous way with words. Yeah, it's a, um, looks like it has some different types of uh, things. Welcome back to week five of Purple Hood Adventures podcast. I just had a classic moment of hitting the wall four times in a row before I even started. It's not going to be a good game for me. 
Hello, everybody. Welcome back and happy Wednesday, your favorite day of the week, right? Obviously, because my podcasts come out on Wednesdays. Um, yes, I wanted to invite everybody to be here with me today as I talk about my experience in Gatlinburg, Tennessee last week when I traveled. As I mentioned in my intro, I want to talk today about a lot of exciting weekend getaways that you can take depending on where you are in the country. And of course, I'm not going to be able to hit on all of them because there's 8 million bajillion and one, if that's even a number, things to do. So I I do want to hit a few highlights today, things that maybe are under the radar, maybe things that you wouldn't think of. Um, I'm not going to talk about the big cities or the big ideas that everybody knows about. I'm going to talk about more those hidden gems and those things that you can do that maybe you haven't thought of. But before I do that, I do want to talk about what else has occurred this week. I think as I mentioned last week, I had my first Cincinnati meetup group where I got to meet a lot of individuals that were amazing and they had great ideas. You know, I met somebody that was really good at organizing trips and was able to run her own business off of traveling the world constantly. It's kind of where I hope to be at some point. And um, other people that were just starting blogs, starting ideas for entrepreneurship. And, you know, there's so much creativity out there. So many people out there that say, I want to do this, but then they don't really do it. But then they come to our meetup groups and it's like, wow, maybe I can do this. Look at everybody else that is. And You know, one of the reasons we have these meetup groups is to exchange ideas and to really help build each other up. And it's not just for one type of person that's really good at what they do or somebody that has no idea what they're doing. You know, it's meant for people like me that are building a business or people, you know, people that are functioning off of their own business and, you know, that are financially stable and people that are just thinking of great ideas alike. So they're really for everybody. And speaking of meetup groups, I actually plan on hosting my first meetup group outside of Ohio. Um, There's going to be a few coming up at the end of September through early October. If you're on Meetup at all, you can actually search for Purple Hood Adventures. But what I plan to do is I'm actually traveling, I think, September 28th, which is a Saturday through whatever Saturday or Sunday of the following week. I think it's like October 5th or something. But what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to actually be taking a little road trip from Washington, D.C. down to Richmond, Virginia, over to Virginia Beach, and then back up north a little ways to Ocean City, Maryland. And I, I plan on organizing Meetup groups in all of those different cities. And what I am inviting you to do is to travel with us. So there is a $50 fee um, just for planning and just for the organization. But um, everything else, you know, you kind of can do what you want. You can sightsee on your own if you want. You can enjoy hanging out with the group. You can meet other people. You can come to all of our meetups if you want. So my, my goal, I think, like I mentioned before, is to create a worldwide network of people that are creatives that want to travel, that want travel companions, entrepreneurs, those types of things all over the world. But I'm starting just in the United States, and I'm really excited to finally start doing some more groups outside of my immediate region. So yes, very good things in the works today. Well, not today, but the end of the the month. Um, 
also this week I had my anniversary dinner with my husband at the place that we got married. Um, we were traveling Bali on our actual anniversary, which was June 8th, but we had it in August. And of course, being in Northeast Ohio, it was freezing cold. We had dinner outside and I accidentally got a huge salad and a huge bowl of soup before my actual entree just because it's me. And somehow I misinterpreted what it was supposed to be on the menu. So that's just like a typical day in my life. And as I mentioned before, um, with the Gatlinburg thing, I tried something a little different today. I actually recorded a few audio clips for you, which I will play throughout this podcast. And I'll talk about how um, Gatlinburg is and the types of things that you can do and things not to do, like get stung by two bees in the time span of 10 seconds, which really did actually happen. I'm still itching my elbow and my foot. That's a long story in itself. And I also want to help you start to think about places that you can go, depending on where you live in the country, that's not Gatlinburg. You know, we're going to talk about other places and how to get started on just doing like weekend trips. So I know we talked about big abroad, big international trips before, but today I want to talk about smaller trips that you can just take as getaways. And to even start doing that, you know, you can think about ways that you can get different places. So if you work remotely, I mean, who says you have to go on the weekend? You can go during the week and just work remotely and hang out somewhere after work if you want. So, you know, if you do that, that's certainly an option. Otherwise, you can go on weekends to different places. Um, If you're worried about getting there, um, what I actually do sometimes is I will rent a car. My car, I don't know if you have heard my earlier podcast, is super, super old. It's got 250,000 miles on it with all my travel bumper stickers, of course. But um, yeah, I don't really trust it on long trips, nor do I want to put the extra mileage. So sometimes I'll just opt to rent a car. It's actually not as expensive as you might think. Another thing you can do is share a trip cost with a friend or your family. So, you know, if you go with somebody, obviously that's half the cost. So, you know, finding someone might, you know, lighten the load in terms of the financial responsibilities they have going on. Uh, If you want to fly, there are plenty of cheap flight options out there. There's certain budget airlines like Frontier, Spirit, Allegiant. Those are three types of budget airplane Air, or airplanes you can take, but um, do be aware that if you try to check a bag, they will charge you an arm and a leg. I've learned through um, many experiences in my life, so try to just do like a carry-on if you can. Um, and another thing you can actually do is a bus. I like to do buses. Um, they're not great in the United States. There's, you know, the Greyhounds, um, but make sure you charge your phone. That's a whole other story. I will definitely tell you that at another time about how my phone died and I got really lost Yeah, because it's me. But we'll talk about that a different time. Um, Yes. But, uh, yeah, you can take a bus if you want to go to different cities and you don't want to drive. That's certainly an option. And, you know, just thinking about outside the box about what you want to do this weekend, instead of saving it for the last minute, say, you know, tell yourself earlier in the week, hey, I think I'm going to do this this weekend, and let me just play it now while I have the energy and while I still have my four cups of coffee in me, and go from there. So that's a, a good way to get started on that. Okay, so uh, actually now what I want to do is I want to play a few clips for you from my trip, and we'll talk a little bit about Gatlinburg, and then I'm going to move on to some other places and um, give you a little bit of information about those to give you some options. All right, take a listen to my first few audio clips here. We are currently on our way to Gatlinburg, Tennessee. It's about a five-hour drive from Cincinnati. I currently have a bit of a craft project on my lap at the moment. Um, 
I've got about 260 pictures, which I'm trying to sort through. It's a long story. And I really have to pee, and there doesn't appear to be any stops. All right, we got our hiking stick, and I got my bumper stickers, my Gatlinburg one, and my my Smoky Mountains one. Do you like your Do you like your stick, Dad? Yeah, it's a nice color. What color is it? Blue. Is that the one that's the lightweight? Yeah, expensive yeah. one. That'll be fun for tomorrow. Got the, uh, mud foot thing on. Mud foot, yes. We just talked about bears with the lady behind the counter. Let's hope I don't get eaten by one. It would be just my luck if I did. So, let's just hope. Also got a trail nap. We are at the Penguin Playhouse now. There's a little creek below. We're about to find out what the Penguin Playhouse actually is. I think it might be an aquarium, maybe. Tried to get into that Penguin Playhouse, but couldn't figure out how to get in. I saw penguins in there. The place smelled like fish, but... There appears to be no entrance. Did you try the door? I did try the door. Well, I tried one door and it opened, but all I could see was people looking at penguins through the other it. side. Must be it. So those sounds were from the first night. Um, the craft project was actually a photo album I was making for my husband for our anniversary. That was the only time I had to work on it, was in the car. And when we got there, the mud foot thing I was talking about with my dad is a, a little part of a hiking stick that you can get, and it helps to capture the mud if there's muddy grounds, which I think is a good idea if you're going to be hiking in the Smoky Mountains. That's where Gatlinburg is. It's right on the seat of the Smoky Mountains, um, because it is uphill, and there can be a lot of mud if there's been any rain. So if you're going to get a hiking stick, I recommend having one with that. And as I mentioned, there are bears. So uh, they do buy bear spray, I think. Um, but you, you want to know what to do if you were to run into a bear, which um, I'll talk about later. And of course, the Penguin Playhouse was part of the aquarium that they have there. They have a huge aquarium there in Gatlinburg. So that ended up being part of the aquarium. I wasn't sure what it was. It looked like it was separate and I was like super excited to get in, but apparently I couldn't without buying admission to the whole aquarium. So if you're wondering, that's what it is. Uh, the last sound was music from the Smoky Mountain Brewery, which I highly recommend, although they were out of just about everything that day, probably being after the Labor Day weekend. Maybe that's why, but I highly recommend it though. They have good beers and good food there. So real quick, I want to talk about some top things that you can do in the Smoky Mountains and in Gatlinburg. And that is, if you were to go to the Smoky Mountains, there's a lot of really good hiking trails. Um, Rainbow Falls, uh, Cades Cove, Mount Lacante, that's one of the most iconic trails. It's about 11 miles. And um, there's also Klingman's Dome, which is great for seeing sunrise and sunset both. Um, we'll talk more about that later. It's a beautiful um, viewing spot, so like a half-mile trail up to the top, and you can just kind of view and watch the sun come up or come down. One of the two. Um, and when you're in Gatlinburg, a good thing you can do, here's some ideas. You can go to the Skylift, which goes up Crockett Mountain. There's the Gatlinburg Space Needle. There's a trolley you can ride. There's the Ripley's Museum, um, believe it or not, museum. 
which kind of reminds me a lot of Niagara Falls in Canada, if you've ever been there. They're known for fudge all over, so there's excellent fudge. If you happen to find panucci fudge, it's a brown sugar fudge. It's actually, I think, from Italy. That's our favorite thing to get, um, so I bought some of that. You can do the hillbilly golf, which is hilarious. It's actually this really funky uh, golf course, which kind of goes up and down a hill, up a mountain, and they've got a lot of historical things you can read while you're there. The aquarium, as I mentioned, um, so if you want to see those penguins, you can go to the aquarium. There are also a lot of little shops in the area, so it's just a really cute little town right on the foot of the Smoky Mountains. And if you go out a little ways, you can go to Pigeon Forge and some things to do there. There's the island in Pigeon Forge, which has a lot of shopping, dining, and entertainment. And it has a Ferris wheel and some shows. TripAdvisor rates this as the sixth best amusement park in the country. So, interesting fact. There's also Dollywood with an um, amusement park. There's rides, shopping, food, festivals. There's like a bluegrass and a harvest festival too, I think. There's the Titanic Museum with an actual replica of the Grand Staircase. I actually did go there. We'll talk about that again later. And there's like an interactive part of the museum where you can kind of be, you can kind of know what it's like to be on the, the Titanic without having to die at the end. Um, and then there's the Old Mill Square and Restaurant, and then there's something called the Parrot uh, Mountain in the Gardens, and that's known for tropical birds and gardens. So those are just some things you can do. So then on the next day, we actually started going on some hikes, and I'll give you a few clips from that. Okay, we are on our way to our first hike in the Great Smoky Mountains. We may or may not run out of gas. Hopefully not find a gas station but we're gonna do a little loop called Roaring Fork Motor Nature Trail and then headed down to Mount Leconte which is supposedly one of the best hikes it's 11 miles so now we are getting gas we did find a gas station did not run out of gas luckily but now the tire pressure gauge is on so hopefully we don't um, run out of air yeah it's a late late year in the year to have a baby that small. Hey, he's so tiny. He's, I wonder where his mom is. That's probably the one down here. Oh yeah. That's oh yeah. There he like, is down there. Watch that one for us so we wow. don't get killed. He's like watching him or she, I should say. I almost got killed by a mama up here in the spring. Oh yeah. <laughs> we were just talking about so. what to do when you see a bear. <laughs> Looks like he's, wow. Little black bear. We're at the Pioneer Cabins, back from the Pioneer days. In case you didn't make that little catch, I forgot to record when we were at the Overlook just now. We didn't quite finish the other trail with the falls. My dad was having a bit of a tough time, but he made it really, really far given his blood levels, so I'm proud of him. Ah, here's the granny hole, they call it. This little tiny hole is the only hole they had in here. That sounds weird. Uh, the only hole that you could peep out of. It's like a peephole. And you're supposed to find it according to the legend. I think I just found it. Got another little old-timey house here. I think it was the Bales. That was their last name. And it's another one of these cabiny looking houses. And a family, I think, of nine lived here. And I'm exploring it right now inside. They've got another huge fireplace. 
It looks like um, we used to farm off of the land. This is one of the few structures that survived all these years. It's kind of cool. They have all these little wooden cabins and homes that people just lived in. Now I'm at this little pioneer village here. Uh, it's like a whole little town. They've got like some old tiny car equipment, a really old rusty Dodge truck that doesn't look like it's going to be going anywhere anytime soon. And um, just a bunch of old timey farm equipment, some barns, a little shop which actually appears open for real. Um, you can't really get past the gate though, I guess. It would have been cool to explore. Oh well, if you want to take a little part in history, I highly recommend coming to Gatlinburg because there's all sorts of... <gasps> there's actually this blue lizard. <gasps> Whoa, this is so cool. I'm seeing a lizard that's like multiple colors. He's got like this blue tail. Hold on. I have to stop this for a minute so I can take a picture. Now I'm standing in an old mill from back in the day. It's very interesting. I've never actually stood inside of a mill before. But, um... I just went into this old creepy house. I don't know where it came from. But it gave me the heebie-jeebies. And I actually ran out. I've watched one too many hauntings. Now we're on our way out to Alum Cave Trailhead, which is where a, an entrance is for Mount Lacante Trail. It's one of the most iconic trails in the Smoky Mountains. The whole thing is about 11 miles. Um, we don't have time to do the whole thing, but we are going to go to Klinman's Dome for sunset, which is supposed to be really beautiful. All right, see you there. All right, we've reached Alum Creek Trail. Um, as you can hear in the background, there is a, all right, I guess it's, yeah, is it Alum Cave or Alum Creek? One of them is way out west. It's one of the two. We just crossed the border into North Carolina. Um, just finished doing some of the trail at Alum Cave, and we're headed to Klingman's Dome, seven miles away, I guess, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, observation over there. Yeah, we're going to go there. So they got a visitor information installed. Looks like it. The Dome Road is closed December 1st through March 31st. There's your tad bit of information. We just passed the sign. snowed in. Yeah, probably because you might get snowed in. But we are now in North Carolina. Pretty cool. Well, it appears to be very cloudy here at the top. I'm about to go hike the little half mile trail to the top. It's not looking great because I already can't maybe see we'll anything. The we, well, I think we're already in them. All so right. Maybe you'll get above them. Yeah, maybe so. There, it's going to be a bit of an incline. So maybe <sighs> one can hope. Well, they're living up to their names, the smoke. Yeah, yeah, really. It's like the smoke. Oh, oh darn. You don't want to put yourself through it just to see this. No, yeah. Because it's pretty steep on the way up. It's hard to tell on the way up. It's so clear at the bottom. and then It's It's amazing how quick it changes. That's crazy. Aw. Next time. 
So on the first day, as I mentioned, we pretty much hiked all day. Um, we did make it to the Mount Lacante Trail. And if you're interested, the trailhead is at Alum Cave, not Alum Creek. If you do try to Google Alum Creek, you might go a bit out of your way, like somewhere way out west, like Colorado or Utah or something out there. Um, don't quote me on that. But yes, yeah, so make sure you go to the right trailhead. <laughs> um, so we did do some hiking, lots of uphills, lots of amazing creeks in nature. As I mentioned, we did visit some pioneer homes. There's a lot of history in Gatlinburg, actually. And one thing I am going to do is I'm going to talk to you about the first settlers, which were the Olg family, um, or I, should, I guess it's the Ogle family. And Martha Ogle and her seven children were some of the first settlers in the area. And in the 19th century, the Gatlinburg was actually known as the White Oak Flats, known for its abundance of white oaks. And later, pioneer settlers came from the Revolutionary War. And also, um, the there was some history back in the Civil War period. So what happened was, in the Civil War, Gatlinburg was a pro-Union region, and in a, it was in a Confederate state. So in 1860, the Smoky Mountain region was at odds with the South. So Radford Gatlin, that was the, the guy that the town was named after, he had established a post office and a general store. He couldn't stay out of trouble, obviously, because he was pro-Confederate, and his neighbors didn't like him very much. He was a little bit not popular. <laughs> so Gatlinburg, well, I guess so Gatlinburg tried to remain neutral in the Civil War, but the Smokies attracted the Confederate Army because it was home to a natural resource, which is saltpeter, which was used for gunpowder, um, and it was found in the Alum Cave. So I just mentioned that Alum Cave, it was found there. So um, definitely was a popular destination for them to be. So what ended up happening was in the Battle of Berg Hill, two Union forces marched in to drive out the Confederates, and it worked because they never really came back. No one was killed. Um, it was pretty significant um, fighting back in the historic period, and the Confederates did not try to capture Gatlinburg again. So that was pretty, pretty iconic for them. Um, and also one of the most iconic landmarks in the region is the Old Mill in Pigeon Forge, which is owned by the supporter of the Union. His name was John, I think, Sevier Trotter, something like that, John Trotter. Uh, and he had looms installed in the mill to make uniforms for Union soldiers, and it also had a hospital. So that's a little bit of a history of Gatlinburg. Um, so some of those pioneer homes were some of the first homes that were in the area before the Civil War, but I just thought I'd give you a little bit of history on that. Um, we also did go to the Clinman's Dome, like I mentioned, um, because it's me. I ran into some inclement weather at the top. That's often the case at the top of a mountain. And um, a word of advice for you is, A, don't bring me on your travels <laughs> because I have terrible luck um, and am notorious for experiencing some inclement weather at the top of high elevations. So don't take me. Or if you do take me, maybe allow a couple days to give yourself some room in case there is some bad weather. Um, so you can see sunrises and sunsets at the top. If you can't see it at the time, don't worry. You can see it at many overlooks on the way back down. So it's not the end of the world, um, which I later figured out. Also, uh, like I said, we did see some bears. There was a cute little baby bear in the tree and a mother bear in the forest. So you get a lot of nature when you visit the Smoky Mountains. All right, on to my next clips. Which is fun. Which ones has the? Uh, I think the harder ones up there. So funny the stuff, dude. That's got the funny stuff. This golf course is like trickery. They do weird, weird setups. 
to trick you. So that's the reason I really like the hillbilly golf course is because there's actually this huge hill that you go up, as I mentioned, and lots of fun props at the golf course. And at each hole, you can actually read about the history of Gatlinburg, and they've got these little mock uh, models of different regions, if not actual establishments from back in history along the course. There's even little caves with different um, holes in it. So I really highly recommend the hillbilly golf course if you're going to go there. Um, so... Of course, that's what we did that night, and then we went to dinner, got more cheesecake, that's our tradition. And the next morning, I went shopping and searched for a shop that might be open before 10. I didn't think there was any, but there are, so just keep looking for that. Here's an audio clip from that. Okay, so I found a store that was open before 10. Actually, there's many stores before 10 that are open. Got my ornament, now I'm just cruising along for a shirt. Um, you can probably actually hear a lot of old-timey cars around. The lady at the checkout desk was telling me about the Shades of the Past car show going on here soon. And next week, she says, quote, Daddy of them all is occurring. And that is called the Road Rod Run, I think. I don't know. Anyway, that's what's coming up in case you were into cars and you wanted to come to Gatlinburg. And as we headed out of Gatlinburg, we hit Pigeon Forge, which I talked about earlier, and we went to Lost Treasure Golf, which was actually amazing. So I just I did record a few audio clips from what we did there, just so you guys can hear that if you think you might like to go, because I think you should go. If you're going to go to Gatlinburg, you might as well hit there, because there's amazing places to go. We are now in Pigeon Forge. That is a pretty built-up area near Gatlinburg. I think this is where Dollywood is. Um, there's quite a bit of traffic right now. Seems that everybody's in one lane for some odd reason. But um, also, I just saw some old cars. I guess they might be coming to that uh, Shades of the Past thing that that lady was talking about. So we just passed that. We actually get to ride the train up here. This is exciting, this mini golf course. So my dad has a different colored ball now. He accidentally hit the ball over the side. It went down a stream that literally went for like a mile. <laughs> It jumped over a, I mean, that was a wall. A shot. <laughs> um, I had to get in the stream way the heck down there and grab a different ball so that he had a ball to use. You have something to say to that? Yeah, it should never have gone <laughs> over that wall. Oh, for once it wasn't me. Must have hit a really low spot and rolled over somehow. <laughs> I got no way of stopping. Whatever, whatever your excuse is, whatever it is. All right, so we were at that awesome golf course. I lost miserably despite not having my ball go in the stream. Um, Tennessee golf courses are really fun. They're not boring like Ohio. Ohio has like flat, like predictable ones. These ones here in Tennessee are very, very interesting. 
In case you missed this entire podcast, take away that mini golf is really fun in Tennessee. <laughs> in case I in case I didn't reiterate that enough. Um, okay, so last we went to the Titanic Museum that I mentioned earlier in Pigeon Forge. So here's some clips from that. We are at the Titanic Museum now. It's pretty interesting. It says the world's largest museum attraction, whatever that means. Uh-oh, no photography inside. That's a problem. Oh, no. No photography. What am I going to do? All right, we did the Titanic Museum. And, of course, I snapped lots of illegal photos. No good ones, though, because, you know, I had to do it sort of stealthily. Anyway, it was very interesting. I ended up surviving on my ticket. Of course, I was female and first class, so that's probably why. But it was kind of cool because you could actually touch a real, like, like the temperature of the water which was freezing of course and you could see the iceberg and you could see how all of the different classes like the second class and first class and steerage areas were lots of um, preserved things that were artifacts from the time so yeah it was very interesting so the Titanic Museum was awesome. As I mentioned, the grand staircase was an uh, exact replica, like I mentioned. And also you could go and see how the third class, second class, and first class areas look like. And you could walk through those areas. My favorite area was actually the front of the boat where you could see stars. Obviously they weren't real stars, but they look like real stars. And you could walk outside and it felt cold. It felt like you know how it probably actually did when you walked outside. And you could touch the iceberg and actually put your hand into the 28 degree water that was the actual temperature of the water when the Titanic sunk so I really thought that was interesting that was one of my favorite parts of the museum and of course I took lots of illegal photos as usual because I always do I didn't get put into timeout this time not like in the Sistine Chapel in Italy like I mentioned in one of my earlier podcasts so no timeout for me that day I often get in trouble and that day was not one of them I also tried to record audio clips that I didn't even try to include because you'd be like, what am I listening to? What is the matter with this girl? So I didn't include those. So you'll have to get a visual just through my talk. All right. So I do want to go on and talk about different places that you can visit in around the country, depending on where you are. As I mentioned, I'm going to talk about some hidden gems and some places that will not break the bank to go. Um, I talked a little bit about how you can get there. You can travel with friends or you can, you know, split the cost or you can take a bus or you can take a cheap flight or rent a car. So there are lots of ways to get there. I'm going to kind of talk about the different regions and the places that you might not otherwise think of. But first, these brief messages. Hi, Marie. Are you available for PRN tomorrow? Hey, Marie. How are you? Come meet Richard Higgins from the Browns today at 7 p.m. 912 says the 45th anniversary party at 3 p.m. Nickel beer, complimentary buffet, and free t-shirt. Tricky dick at 9. I told you guys I have to check my brief messages every once in a while. 
And if you're wondering, PRN is work as needed. I'm a speech language pathologist for anybody that forgot. So um, these people that like I don't even know feel that they can text me and ask me about work. It's really annoying and really um, invasive. But yes, they they text me like all the time. It's really, really kind of weird. Okay. um, So as I mentioned before, we're going to talk about other places that you can go for a weekend trip. Um, Some of these may be sort of under the radar. Some of them may be not under the radar but you've you know you've thought about going and you don't really know much about it so my goal is to not talk about those big areas but some maybe smaller areas that you haven't heard of or if you have um, you just haven't been yet so um, I'm going to kind of break it down depending on region of the country obviously I'm not going to be able to touch upon everything but I'm going to try to hit a few highlights so we're going to start in the Midwest where I actually live and that includes states like Ohio Kentucky Missouri Wisconsin I'm not going to name all the states by the way but But, you know, Indiana, Minnesota, Michigan, you know, South Dakota, North Dakota, Oklahoma, Kansas, things like that. Um, I just said I'm not going to name every state, but here I go naming all the states. (laughs) Uh, But that general region, you guys kind of can get a visual. Um, I'm going to start in Ohio. We've touched upon Gatlinburg, Tennessee enough, so we're going to move on from that. But in Ohio, where I live, there is Hocking Hills, which is known for camping. You can rent a cabin or you can take your tent there. It's one of the top places for camping. Uh, Geneva on the Lake Ohio. I actually used to live here when I was in grad school, and I will tell you, it's really cute. It's got this little um, 50s feel, these little 50s diners and shops and things like that, arcades. Um, It's also known for its wineries. There's tons of wineries everywhere, so you'll definitely not go thirsty there. Uh, They do also have this beautiful beach, and I mean like beautiful beach for Ohio. Like you would literally think it's on the ocean, but it's not. It's Lake Erie, and the sunsets are just phenomenal. You wouldn't think that you could see a sunset like that in Ohio, but Geneva on the lake is definitely the place to go. But I will say that things kind of shut down between uh, Memorial Day and Labor Day. So um, don't go really in the winter because, A, things may not be open, except the wineries. Those are always open. Um, And, B, you may run into some terrible weather conditions. I have got a lot of stories about that one. Um, I didn't even know what a snow belt region was, and all of a sudden I had to commute two hours every day, one way to grad school from there. It was definitely a good time. (laughs) So, yes, I would recommend maybe going in the summer. Oh, and if you go there, uh, get effing burrito. That's where I went. But if you do that, whatever you do, it's called effing burrito. Don't eat the burrito out of your purse while walking five miles home on no sidewalk in the dark. (laughs) Yes, I did do that. Another story for another time. I feel like I say that all the time because I've just got so many stories and so many um so many few limited times and to tell everything and yeah okay so we're gonna move on (laughs) we're gonna move on to wisconsin which has door county it's got a hundred step climb up to canna island lighthouse it's this 1870s era lighthouse Uh, it has the bailey's harbor Gives amazing views of the lake, Lake Michigan that is, not Lake Erie this time, Lake Michigan. Um, Door County has this shoreline, this beautiful shoreline, I guess, lots of little small towns and state parks in the area. Yes, that's in Wisconsin. If you head to Michigan, we've got Frankenmuth, which is a German village. It's got lots of festivals year-round, shopping, um, indoor water parks, historic areas, and also the world's largest Christmas market or Christmas store. I've actually been saying for years I was going to visit there around Christmas time, but I've yet to, and maybe I will this year since I'm talking about it. I'm definitely planning on it, so around Christmas time, maybe I'll see you. 
Uh, if you move to Indiana, we've got Carmel, Indiana, which is just north of Indianapolis. Um, it's named one of the best places to live in America by Money Magazine. And it's known for the art scene, local food options, and hundreds of miles of bike trails. If you go to South Dakota, we've got Sioux Falls. And I don't mean Sioux like the name, but S-O-U-I-X is the French name. And Sioux Falls is a cute little town. Um, I actually did stay here on my way out west. Uh, just a little short walk from downtown is 123 acres of unique waterfalls. It's beautiful, like right downtown. And it's a good place to stop on your way if you're headed to like Mount Rushmore or Devil's Tower in South Dakota. There's a lot to see in South Dakota, so it's a good stopping point if you're going to be spending the night. Also, I recommend that you get pizza there because I definitely ordered pizza in the hotel room and it was delicious. I don't know where it was from, but just do that because it was awesome. So yes, order pizza. Uh, if you head to Illinois, I have here Lake Forest. It's about a 45-minute train ride from Chicago. Feels like a little gorgeous English countryside. It's known for architecture, historic parks, and Lake Michigan shoreline. So those are some places you can hit in the Midwest region. Obviously, there's way more, but those are just a few highlights. Moving on to the east in New England area, I've got Pennsylvania, New York, Maryland, Virginia, you know, Maine, Connecticut, Massachusetts, New Jersey, Vermont, all that good area. So we're talking that whole region there. Um, if you start in Maine, um, you can go to Acadia National Park, which has 47,000 acres of national park. It has a lot of hiking, biking, rock climbing options. You can climb Cadillac Mountain for sunrise. Again, if you do sunrise on a mountain, don't take me because remember, inclement weather follows me. So don't take me or do take me, but um, just maybe allow yourself a few days just in case. If you're talking about Massachusetts, um, I, I am going to talk about Martha's Vineyard and Cape Cod. I know that some people already have been there or they that's not really under the radar, but I will say that it's a very relaxing place to go for a weekend. And actually, every time I hear about Martha's Vineyard, I think of that movie Stuck on You from like the, like the I guess it's from the 90s. Um, and if anybody has ever seen that, I think it has like Matt Damon in it. When I was a kid, my cousin and I used to watch that movie stuck on you over and over again. And we would literally die laughing at this one part where the guy's riding in the motorized wheelchair and he's like making laps around his house and he's like busting through the door as he's waiting for people to leave. I don't know. He's like going in a circle. My cousin and I used to like rewind that and like watch it over and over again. So I don't know. The littlest things amuse us. Um, but yes, every time I hear about Martha's Vineyard, I think of that movie. Okay, so if you are going to go to Martha's Vineyard, you can hit Cape Cod. It's about eight miles south of Cape, or eight miles south, and it's known for its uh, pristine shores and beaches and charming towns. You can go to the little gingerbread houses of White, or it's called Oaks Bluff. Um, you can go to um, the area where there's the 1876 historic carousel. It's great for bike riding, all that types of stuff. Um, also in Cape Cod, it's known for its laid-back vibe with 40 miles of National Park seashore, and um, it's known for its little quaint bed and breakfast and upscale shops and historic sites, so definitely recommend that. Also, there's uh, Nantucket Island. That's another island south of Martha's Vineyard, so if you want to check that out, that's another one. 
If we're moving to Pennsylvania, we've got the Pocono Mountains. I actually used to live around this area too. Um, I lived in Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. It's around that area. And it's in Northeast Pennsylvania and it's known for its historic bed and breakfast, history museums, um, outdoor activities, and ski slopes if you're looking for somewhere in Pennsylvania. It's a lot different than Eastern, well, Western PA. Um, Eastern PA is a lot different. By the way, PA is Pennsylvania. Apparently, like, that's not a thing unless you're from around this area. People go, what's PA? I'm like, you know, Pennsylvania. People are like, okay. Yeah, PA, that's what I mean, Pennsylvania. Okay, um, if you're going to go to Gettysburg, I almost said Gatlinburg. I talked about that so much. Very similar name. Gettysburg, yes. Uh, you can see the, the Civil War battle site um, at Gettysburg National Battlefield. Lots of historic museums and cemeteries. A good place for a history lesson. If you head to New York, like I mentioned earlier, we've got Cooperstown, which um, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's, it has the Baseball Hall of Fame. And I, I don't quote me on this, but I think you can actually fly into like Albany and get there from there. It's probably the closest big city that maybe you're going to fly to. So um, I think that's kind of nearby. Uh, you can go to, you know, if you don't like baseball, you can go to the art museums, the lake views, to the farmer's museum that depicts 19th century life. So there's other things to do there besides baseball. If you head to Maryland, I personally picked Frederick, Maryland. And the reason I picked there is because I've been there. One of my best friends lives in the D.C. area, and she took me there once. And it's this quaint little downtown. We actually did tea sampling all day. We just sampled all these teas and bought all these teas. It was actually really fun. We just spent the whole day, like, drinking tea and um, whatnot. So, But it also has this little historic downtown. It's got some Civil War landmarks, wineries, uh, parks, and festivals. It's such a cute little area that's uh, a a short drive from DC and like that whole Maryland and Virginia region. So definitely. So or it's uh, Frederick, Maryland. So if you want to visit there, moving on to the Southern portion of the U S we've got like Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, Texas, uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, Louisiana, you know, all those other States. Um, I'm trying not to name every state, but when I think of the South and I think about States I haven't mentioned, I'm like, Oh, I should probably say that too. No, just that South region. <laughs> so we're going to start with, uh, Mississippi. I've got Notches, Mississippi. And actually I learned what this was when I was making my own website. I was adding tours there. I, I affiliate with uh, different tour guides that work there. And it's actually known as the Jewel of the Mississippi River. It's got a really old town, preserved antebellum mansions, and 13 national landmarks. It's got this little old French fort in 1716, which uh, also offers uh, breathtaking views of the river. So, Natchez, Mississippi. If you're going to go to North Carolina and you want some peace and quiet, I put here the Black Mountains. You can go to the Black Mountains. It's known as one of the prettiest small towns in America. It's known for its quiet feel and... And um, the quaint little downtown, like I said, and it's only 20 minutes from Asheville. So if you're going to go to Asheville, maybe take a little trip there. In Alabama, I've got Fairhope, which is another little small town for known for its 19th century sort of artist colony feel. Um, it has a lot of uh, thriving art scenes, galleries, and craft fests. I love crafts, so I would love to go there. Again, the Smoky Mountains region, North Carolina, Tennessee area. If you're going to be um, hiking the Appalachian Trail, obviously there's a whole lot of regions around there through the Smoky Mountains. We've talked about that quite a bit, so we're not going to talk about that anymore. If you go to Texas, there's Fredericksburg, Texas, which uh, has a lot of wine and vineyard areas. Uh, it's known as a wine country. And it's also great for the art and music scene. Um, if you want to head out of the major Texas area with you know between Dallas and Houston, just 
you want to go to Fredericksburg. Fredericksburg. Try saying that like five times fast. Fredericksburg. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay. So now we're going to talk about my favorite state in the South, Louisiana. And it's, I'm going to talk about Bro Bridge, Louisiana. And no, I don't mean like bro, like what's up, bro? I mean like B-R-E-A-U-X bridge. Bro Bridge. It's French, again, um, like many things in Louisiana. Uh, I do want to talk about New Orleans, obviously, but since most of you probably know what New Orleans is, um, we're, we're going to not talk about that one today, except for maybe just a little, but Bro Bridge is the crawfish capital of the world and birthplace of crawfish etouffee. That's a French dish. Um, it's got a lot of crawfish festivals, Cajun, and swamp pop musicians. I'm not entirely sure what that is, but if you're from the South, you may have an idea. And uh, they do love their crawfish. Actually, when I was in New Orleans once, I did see... I know I said I wasn't going to talk about New Orleans, but I love New Orleans. Um, I did actually see a crawfish walking down the street. He was missing a claw. felt really bad for him. But yeah, they're, they're really tasty to eat, too. So if you're going to eat that. Um, and if I think it is only like a, a very short drive from Baton Rouge. And if you're going to come from New Orleans, I think it's only like two hours or something like that. So, you know, Louisiana is not that big. You can pretty much drive anywhere. So, um, and you can actually take a trip to New Orleans. I highly recommend Mardi Gras if you're going to go. Okay, we're not going to talk about New Orleans, but it is like the best city if you know me at all. Like, you know that I love New Orleans. So, I love Louisiana and like in general. So, pretty much anywhere in Louisiana is amazing. So, I highly recommend that state anywhere. Anywhere at all. Okay, if you're going to go to Florida, the last one I want to talk about down south is Destin. It's got the Destin Harbor, a lot of little vacation homes, Destin Commons, Henderson Beach State Park. My best friend and I actually just went there last year. Um, We just sampled wines and walked along the beach and hung out the little nightlife area. Um, It is a good place for like a stopover too. So if you're going to do something silly like me and fly into Tampa and drive to New Orleans from there, and you got to go all the way around the water and hit the flat part of Florida. Um, Destin is kind of on the way, so it's a good little stopover. Also, you can kind of cheaply fly to Destin. It has an airport. My friend actually flew directly in there and um, didn't pay an arm and a leg. So you can fly into there, and it's a good little stopover point in Florida. Okay, everybody, that's about all for the South for now. If you have more, um, you know, just let me know or something like that. But that's what I found and some good recommendations just to get started. Okay, we're going to talk about the western portion of the U.S. right after I relay just a couple more brief messages. Ah, yes, that was my cat Mustard. If any of you listened last week, you remember that was his little outburst in my car. Um, He was calling back to remind everybody that it is Wednesday, so if you're thinking about going on a weekend trip, you better get cracking, as my dad would say. He does always say that, get cracking. You better get cracking, meaning you better get started. So, yes, a friendly reminder from him. So I do want to start talking now about the central western U.S. So that includes states such as Colorado, Arizona, Nevada, Utah, Montana, Wyoming, New Mexico, all of those good areas. Actually, that's my favorite part of the country. If we're talking New Mexico, I think I talked before about Carlsbad. Um, Not just for the caverns that we talked about last week, but Carlsbad itself. It's this little town. um, It's not such a huge city. It's a smaller town. Um, But they're right in the Guadalupe Mountains, and there's more than 119 caves um, that are around the area, so it's beautiful. It's been called the eighth world wonder the caves have. Um, 
I have to agree with that. Um, in the actual little town or city, there's trails. Um, there's the Sitting Bull Falls and the Guadalupe Peak, amongst a few. And you can actually go to a lot of little restaurants. I think we found this little hole-in-the-wall brewery when we were there. So I highly recommend going there. Um, beautiful sunset there if you want to hang out for the night. Um, if you head to Nevada, there's Valley of Fire State Park with tens of thousands of acres of bright red Aztec sandstone outcrops, which sounds amazing. I've yet to go there. It's one of the national parks I still need to get to. So if anyone's been, let me know if you like it. Um, they've also got a lot of hiking trails, petrified trees, RVs, and campsites. So again, if you're looking for camping in Nevada, that's a good place to go. If we're talking Arizona, um, I actually added Flagstaff. I know Flagstaff is pretty common to go to, but I feel like a lot of people go more south, you know, where Phoenix is. I loved Flagstaff. Northern and southern Arizona are very, very different places. Um, the mountainous northern Arizona is wh what I loved anyway. It's the seat of the San Francisco peaks. Um, it's got a lot of forests, and it's right by the Grand Canyon, so it's only, I think it's only like an hour or so drive. Don't quote me on that, but I remember driving there after work one day. And one thing they do have that not a lot of travelers go to is the Arizona Snow Bowl, okay? So when I was in um, Flagstaff, I met a bunch of guys in my hostel who were traveling as well, and they had gone the night before to see the sunset, and they said, you know, just go up there and just, you know, pop a seat and watch the sunset. It's the most beautiful place you can go. So that's what I did. I got off work, and I drove to the top of this um, ski resort by myself, and I sat there and watched the sunset, and I have to say it was a extremely zen moment. Um, one of the yet many reasons I love to solo travel. I ended up um, sending them a picture and coincidentally they sent me a picture back from the Mexican place that I had recommended they go to that night in Page, Arizona. Um, and I um, actually, I, it's called El Tapatio. I told them that they needed to go and Ironically, actually, they ended up getting food poisoning from there, but um, oops, <laughs> I didn't get sick. So, um, yeah, I felt kind of bad when I heard about that. Um, if you're going to go into, let's say, Montana, there's West Glacier National Park. It's good for hiking, biking, cruising. Um, there's the Lake McDonald, beautiful colors in the fall, I suppose. So that's a good area if you've ever heard of that. Uh, if you're in Colorado, um, I'm not going to talk about the Rocky Mountains because that's obviously the obvious. Um, I've, If anyone knows me, I've always wanted to move to Colorado my entire life and always swore I would, and I still swear I will. But, um, uh, you know, obviously there's the mountains, um, so I'm not going to really talk about that. That's obviously the highlight. But there's two other places I want to mention that I know of because I had them on my website, and I have a lot of tours, uh, partners that I work with on my website. And those are Durango and Silverton, Colorado. I believe they're in South... West Colorado. Um, don't quote me on that, but I made maps a while back of every place that I've ever added, so I think that's where they were. In Durango, you can actually find a little Old West-themed attractions, a lot of rich culture, historic downtown. If you go to Silverton, um, it's like a stretch of the highway. It's called US 550. It's called the Million Dollar Highway, known for its beautiful views, and then off the road is Silverton, which um, it's like a small little western town with mining history and outdoor things to do. So that seems pretty cool. If you head to uh, Manitou Springs, also in Colorado, there's the mineral healing waters, whatever that means, and some cliff dwellings, which seemed kind of cool. Um, that's another one that I've always kind of wanted to visit. If you're in Utah, these are some other places on my uh, tour list that I know about that I've researched and added them on my maps that I have, you know, always wanted to go to but haven't yet but feel like I have because I've done a lot of... Um, 
map creations in these places. But uh, St. George, it has uh, the Red Cliffs National Park, and I think it's called the Token, I think it's Toucan or Token Amphitheater. Um, it's also got a lot of good golf getaways for those golfers out there. Goblin Valley, it's got a lot of unique sandstone formations and interesting rock formations that resemble goblins. So Goblin Valley resembles goblins. Hmm, maybe that's linked. Not sure. Yeah, um, but it's got a lot of great hiking trails, too. So that's a common theme. I've been seeing a lot of hiking trails. Good weekend activity to get out, you know, get those those muscles working and, you know, get the blood flowing. I love hiking on weekends. My favorite activity. Uh, if you head to Wyoming, there's Jackson Hole. That's something that a lot of you already know about. But um, it's uh, famous for its ski resorts. It's actually pretty near the Grand Tetons. And you can actually take a tram to the Teton Village to the top of the Rendezvous Mountain, which has a lot of outdoor adventures up there. Uh, fun fact, when I was first visiting Jackson Hole, we were driving from Yellowstone. And I um, I realized that we were in this cute little town. I thought to myself, oh, God gosh, I got to come back here. This, what is this? This is so cute. It's a little resort town. Well, it turned out that, um, the reason I remember it is because I was looking for, um, a license plate from every state in the U S at that point. And I had only, I had not found, um, Alaska yet. So I ended up finding Alaska in Jackson hole of all places. That was where I found my first and only Alaska license plate. Um, or no, it wasn't Alaska. I guess it was Hawaii. Never mind. I see Alaska all the time here in Ohio. I guess I meant to say Hawaii. Yeah, that's a little uh, less common. Hawaii. I was looking for a Hawaii Hawaii license plate, and I happened to see one there. So, yes, Hawaii license plate in Jackson Hole. Good times, right? Yes, Hawaii. Um, yeah, I'm wondering how they got their car here. I'm just thinking about it. I don't know. I guess they, I guess they um, got it transported somehow. I don't know. Assuming they didn't drive over the water. Okie dokie. Let's move on to the West Coast. The West Coast is mainly just Oregon, uh, California, Washington. So there's only a few states, but I wanted to list them separately because it's kind of a big area and a lot of people just hang out on the coast here. So first I want to talk about Oregon. Um, If you go to Bend, Oregon, there's a lot of outdoor adventures like hiking and biking, rock climbing, rafting, fishing, mountain biking, all that good jazz. I thought that was cool. There's actually a lot of uh, like whitewater rafting you'll find in Oregon. Um, I did actually a West Coast trip last uh, last summer, and we passed through Bend, Oregon, and we visited my dad's uncle who's in the area, and there was a, amazing things. I would have never known about that had I not visited. Eugene, I added Eugene, Oregon on here, and that's because my mom actually went to the University of Oregon, and she lived there and always swore she was going to move back one day. She loved Eugene. It was her favorite place on the planet. It's known for, uh, it's like kind of artsy feel, and it's also known as the Track Town USA. It's known for um, track field, track and field capital of the world. So um, I actually didn't know that until I was doing my homework on it this morning. And I ran track and field, so it might be cool to go back and run track and field again. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Could be fun. Uh, but yes, Eugene, Oregon, it was actually just had this really nice, um, calming feel, just very artsy, very lively, um, vibrant, just sort of feel to it. So Eugene, Oregon, definitely recommend. Um, if we're going to talk about California, we got Lake Amanor and Lassen National Park. I actually went there last summer, and it was the highlight of my, ent- my entire trip. It's uh, northeast Shasta Cascade. Um, 
Lake Amanar is, it's known for like its water sports and family activities. Uh, Last National Park has the mud pots and the underground volcanic activity. My husband and I actually hiked a volcano. I had like this horrible cold too and almost dehydrated, but somehow made it anyway. It was literally the most um, amazing experience of our entire trip. So definitely recommend Last National Park. Um, It's not something you really hear about a lot. And coincidentally, we almost ran out of gas there too. I feel like that's a common theme. I actually have run on the gas a few times. We're not going to go there. <laughs> We're not going to go a lot of places because I've got so many stories. Um, yes, part of the reason I'm recording a podcast. All right. Um, we also, I also included Big Bear Lake. My mom actually used to go there when she was a kid and she used to rave about it because you can actually get there from LA and also San Diego. It's known for snowboarding, cycling, hiking, kayaking, and fishing. And one thing that's nice about it is because in California, you don't see a lot of snow, at least not in Southern California. So my mom did grow up near snow but going to Big Bear Lake was always amazing for her getting to see the snow and her whole family so she used to talk about that it's I guess great times for bringing kids there and um, so I wanted to add that on there last but not least I want to talk about Washington way up there in the northwest corner up there don't forget about that lovely state they've got some really odd looking pine trees compared to where I live here um, yeah, but, uh, I wanted to add Leavenworth on there. It's actually an Alpine village in the Cascade Mountains. It's a little German village. So I guess good at Christmas time. Good to visit the Christmas lights around that area. Um, if you head to Whidbey Island, you can go by ferry or bridge. It's four and a half hours from Seattle. I almost said four and a half miles. I'm pretty sure that's not going to fly for four and a half hours unless you're like napping on the way. I don't know. Uh, you can go by bridge um, or you, you, know, you can cross over. They call it uh, deceptive or deception pass. Um, if anyone knows what that means, please let me know. I don't know. I guess they lie about it being a pass or it's uh, some kind of deceiving sort of pass, maybe. Oh, it's kind of weird. Anyway, um, there's also Bowman's Bay where you can see some good bald eagles and some seals. And again, some historic looking buildings and some cafes and great views. So that was a very brief list, ladies and gentlemen, of some different um, weekend getaway possibilities um, based on the part of the country you might be in. I'm sorry, I can't name them all. My podcasts are already um, terribly long, so I do apologize for that. But hopefully if you are looking for some new ideas my research today and some of my experiences on my own website and you know my own personal experiences can help you just a bit so i hope you enjoyed and uh, got some good ideas from that one so there you have it everyone As spoken from someone who lives a real-life accident-prone comedy show, as well as a real-life Kenny from South Park, with a wonderful articulate way with words such as myself, hopefully you all were able to have some good ideas about your next weekend getaways. If that place is Gatlinburg, Tennessee, hopefully you all were able to gain some good insight from that. And remember that it's never too early to start planning, Um, as my cat Mustard reminded you, always plan early and have four cups of coffee in you at all times. Remember that there's never a place too big or too small and to always pursue your passions in life and to remember the most important part is just to start and to get out there. Remember you'll always have the stories to tell later or not tell if you're me because you'd be here all day doing it. And hopefully you all were able to gain some good insight about where every state is in the country since I nearly named all 50 of them. 
And until next week, remember, live life on the wild side. Don't do anything I wouldn't do unless it's eat effing burrito from Geneva on the lake out of your purse in the dark while walking five miles home. But everything else, don't do anything I wouldn't do, if that makes sense. Catch you later. I just got stung by two bees within the time span of 10 seconds. This is Marie Elena, and you've been listening to Purple Hood Adventures Podcast. Thanks, everyone, for joining us on our journeys today. If you think you'd like to hear more and you want to stay updated on the whereabouts of an accident-prone purple windbreaker, or if you just like to live the life of adventure through your earbuds, or maybe you enjoy restraining having milk coming out of your nose buds every week, don't forget to subscribe to my channel. Otherwise, you can check me out on my website at purplehoodadventures.com. Or you can check me out on Facebook slash Purplehead Adventures, Instagram, or whatever other 8 million forms of social media you might use. Until then, stay tacky, San Francisco. And remember, life is not a book to be read, but a story to be told. So get out there. And remember, always, hood down and head out. <laughs>